0: How and why to pray. Here's Mark Job.
1: Listen, some of us ask, but we don't seek. Some of us seek, but we don't knock. I believe that some prayer needs to go to all the levels of asking, seeking, and knocking. Are you with me this morning? Because this is huge.
0: Welcome to Moody Presents, the weekly half hour Bible teaching program from the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Our teacher is Dr. Mark Job president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today, we continue our extended series titled Beyond Shallow Spirituality with part two of a message all about prayer. Boy, I could use some help. I don't know about you. Well, last time together, we discussed the what in the Lord's Prayer from Luke 11, but now we need to understand the how and the why. Here's Mark Job.
1: In God's pattern of prayer, you should be praying about your job, about your finances, about your income, about how you manage it, about how you are satisfied in it. I believe that you should be praying uh, over your finances, over your checkbook, over your job situation, over your employment situation, that you have the right and ability, in fact, you have the call of God to pray about financial matters in your life, that it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Give us this day our daily bread. What you are saying to God is, God, I want to have enough provision to meet the needs of myself and my family, and have enough left over so that I can be generous and give. And I don't want to live in a cycle of greed and materialism because my heart may stray, but I don't want to live in a cycle of poverty and indebtedness because my heart may stray in that way also. I want to be in a place where I have sufficient to meet my needs, sufficient to be generous, sufficient to live in abundance, sufficient to give to the kingdom of God and and, and mission things, and sufficient to honor you with my life and my provisions So, help me in that area. And that may lead for prayer for your job, for your savings, for your investment, for your business, for whatever it may be. But you have the ability and the call to begin to pray over your finances. How many of you feel a little freer to do that now? How about it? How about it? You need to start doing that, not be afraid of doing that. That's your, that's God. God says, do it. Call. Pray for it. And in so doing, you are acknowledging that God has a hand in all your financial matters. So you pray position, priorities, provision. Oh, 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 okay, now it's getting hard. Now you pray for people. Because the next prayer says this, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, or forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who transgress against us. Let me tell you, now you're praying for people. Here's what I want you to understand. Listen to me well. This has to do with forgiveness and bitterness and resentment. Here's what I discovered over the years, that the biggest thing to clog your spiritual life is a bad relationship with people around you. Here's what the Bible teaches us, that we are to forgive And listen, when you don't forgive and release people, then what happens is it begins to bottleneck your relationship with God. So you don't receive like you could receive. You don't hear like you could hear. You don't receive because the funnel gets clogged with unforgiveness. And that's what Jesus taught in Matthew when he when he taught us to pray. This he says, "But if you don't forgive those who have sinned against you, then your Father in heaven cannot forgive you either. Not that God doesn't want to forgive us, but if I'm living in sin, God can't release me from the sin until I stop the sinning, or ask forgiveness from the sinning, and that means I would have to forgive. Are you tracking with me? So you say, well, how often, pastor, do I have to forgive? Well, every time you pray, you should be forgiving. Well, how often should I pray? Well, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, pray without ceasing. So if you pray every day, every day you should be asking that God would clear your relational clutter. In other words, every day you should be clearing things out of your system like hurt and unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment that you have towards people. Every day you should be clearing it out. Can I tell you something, married couples, for some of you that are married? This would change your marriage. You know why? Because some of you that are married, what happens is you get hurt and you hang on to it a little bit. She hurt me. Ouch. So now I give her the shoulder. You're never listening to me. You're never talking to me. You never reach out to me. Okay, you're going to give me the shoulder. I'm going to give you the shoulder. Then she talks to a cousin or someone else. You're talking to everybody about our problems. Everybody knows our business now. Now he's even madder. Now he turns his back more. Now she's clawing out. Now she's turning her back more. Now she's feeling like he's not talking. Now he's feeling like she's not supporting him. And suddenly they go into this spiral downward. And three months into this fight, then finally they wake up one day and they can't even remember what they were fighting about. You know what was the problem? The problem was they weren't practicing the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer says, And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So today, God, she offended me. I was hurt at her, but she is my wife, and I love her. And Lord, you've forgiven me thousands of times, and offenses much greater than that. So I'm going to forgive her. And then I go up to her and say, honey, you know, I'm sorry for the way I acted. I'm sorry for my attitude. Hey, can can we make amends? You love, you talk about it, you pray about it, and before the sun goes down, you make it right. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Listen, if some of you would put into practice that simple principle, it would radically alter your marriage. Radically, radically. The Bible says that you are to deal with your anger before the sun goes down. And some of us haven't learned how to do that. Some of you, you know, you have to go back 10 years because you got 10 years of of bitterness piled up that you got to let go of. And you don't know how your marriage got to the point, I know how it married, because listen, you were never created to carry baggage in your life. Never, never, never. You were never, God wants you to deal with it that day. You don't wait another day, you don't carry it over, you deal with it that day. Walls go up, you tear them down that way. Some of you let walls get this high, you should have started tearing it down when there was one brick laid. You get that brick down and you say, out of my life brick, this is my marriage. This is my household. This is my destiny. But we get stubborn and proud and hurt. So one brick is laid, and we say, You're gonna lay a brick? I'm gonna lay another one. And then she says, Oh, yeah, you're gonna lay one? I'll lay two. And then we start laying those bricks, turning our backs, and suddenly Satan has a go at our marriage, a go at our mind, a go at our children, a go at at our our household turns into a place of bickering and anger and frustration and bitterness, and it ceases to be a household of peace and love, and it becomes a household of dread. And that applies to any area of our life. You say, well, pastor, how many times should I forgive once they've hurt me? You know what the Bible says? Seventy times seven. Start with that. You say, well, that's a lot of times. Do the math. Yeah, it's a lot of times. The point is, hopefully you lose track and just keep doing it. So position, priorities, provision, people, and protection. Now you say, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We all have weaknesses, and the enemy's going to try to get a hold of those weaknesses in our life. So we need to pray a hedge of protection around us. We need to pray and deliver us from evil. Everybody has weaknesses, and your weakness may be your temper that blows up every so often. Your, your weakness may be internet pornography or gambling or some sort of addiction from food to cocaine that may pop up in your life or lack of integrity or whatever it may be. The enemy will try to attack your weakness. So you need to start praying, God, deliver me from temptation. Deliver me from evil. Guard my mind. Keep me. Protect me. Watch over me. Because I want you to know there's no one in this place that is not susceptible to some sort of temptation and attack in their life. And the moment that you feel you are above it is the moment you're preparing yourself for a fall. So pray this regularly. Protection. And by the way, you can pray for uh, physical protection as well. And then finally, praise. Matthew ends with this. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So you pray your position, you pray your priorities, you pray your provision, you pray for people, you pray protection, and you pray praise. Some of you, the the Lord's Prayer, if you were to repeat it, takes about 10 seconds to pray. But if you were to pray this way, you could pray a half hour and still be praying the Lord's pattern of prayer. Amen? Amen. All right. So Jesus taught us to pray that way, but he didn't finish. That's what we are to pray. And now he tells us how we are to pray. And he tells us in the following verses, in verse uh, verse 5, Jesus tells a little story. And in essence, the story that Jesus tells is he says, just imagine that you are sound asleep in your home. You're you're in uh Z land. You're having your deep dreams. You are done twitching. You know, some of you go to bed, you twitch for a while, and then you're 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 done twitching. Now you're now you're in heavy sleep mode dreaming. And, and suddenly you 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 hear this commotion. Like, you know, when you're in deep, deep sleep, it seems like it's way out there that you're hearing it, but you hear, hello, hello, hey, hey, you home? Hey, hey, hello, 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 and you finally wake up, you jump out of bed, you say, what's going on? Of course, your wife rolls over and says, I don't know, let me sleep, so, so you, and, and, and you listen, hey, anybody home? Now, at three in the morning, man, you're ticked that someone's knocking at your door. This better be an emergency. And so you get out of your bed, halfway groggy. You stumble to the door. You don't want to open the door. And you hear from outside the door, it's your neighbor. He says, hey, I'm trying to borrow three loaves of bread. Because a visitor dropped by. I don't have anything in my refrigerator. They're really hungry. Can you loan me some bread? Now, this time, you try to hold your sanctification because expletives want to come out of your mouth, but you've learned, no, do not let them come out of your mouth. And you say, what in the world are you doing knocking at my door at 3 in the morning? Go home. You're going to wake up my kids. You're going to wake up my wife. I don't want to do anything. Go home. And this is what Jesus says. You say, don't bother me. The door is locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Verse 8, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, also translated persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Because of what? Now, you're not giving them because of your kind, loving heart towards them at that time. You're like, hey, you bother me again. Here, take whatever you want. Here's the refrigerator. Take the keys. Take whatever. Just go to bed. What Jesus was saying is that, listen, remember back to the days where you did not know God. Do you ever remember even when you were distant from God, praying to God because you were in a tough situation and actually, God answering that prayer. You remember that? Now, God didn't have to answer, but because you were bold and persistent, even though you were not a friend of God at the time, God says, You persistent and bold, I'm gonna answer. Yeah, I want you to hear this. There's something about being bold and persistent that God loves.
0: You're listening to Moody Presents with Mark Job and a message titled Prayer 101. We've covered the what and the how of prayer. Right now, though, I'd like to remind you that our moodypresents.org website is just loaded with tools to help you learn more about prayer, tools that will help you grow deeper in your walk with Christ. Click the link to Moody Publishers for all kinds of books on this topic, or you can head over to moodyaudio.com where you can listen to everything from stories of great Christians to In the Market with Janet Partial, all free of charge. Why not sign up for Today in the Word, our daily devotional as well? Again, our website is moodypresents.org. Let's get back to our program now, and here's Mark to explain the why of our prayer. When we knock
1: and knock at that door and say, God, You are the only one. If you don't do it, I don't know what's going to happen. God, please listen to my prayer. God, I'm coming to you for the 100th time this week, God, and I'm calling upon you and asking of you. You're my only solution, God. You are the only one that can do it. There's something about that persistence. There's something about that boldness. There's something about that desperateness of our soul that the heart of God is drawn to that God says, all right, if you want it that bad, if you're pursuing it that much, man, I want to give it to you. A lot of us don't have because we don't ask God that way. We bow our heads and say, grace, and, oh, Lord, I thank you for this food. And thank you for the sunshine. <laughs> and, Lord, by the way, I'm looking for a job. i really like to have one. Lord, okay. <laughs> Amen. Have you prayed about it? Oh, yeah, I've prayed about it. Hey, that was the wimpiest prayer I ever heard. <laughs> you, you expect that prayer to get through to God? You really expect that that kind of, well, God already knows what I need before I need it, before I ask. Oh, yeah, God knows, but there's something about, I know what my kids want before, half of the times before they ask. I know what they need, but when I know they're serious and persistent and I really want it, Dad, and I'll do whatever, you know, it touches my heart as a father. I like, oh, they really want this. They really, really want this. And if, it, and if it's something that's in my power to give and I think it'll be good for them, I love to give it to them. So Jesus is teaching us how to pray bold and persistent. You have not because you ask not. And then he goes on and he says, listen, in verse 9, so I say to you, based on that fact that God responds to our boldness and persistence, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and he who knocks the door will be open. Now let me explain that concept to you because I believe it's talking, it's, it's 100% talking about prayer. And it's talking to us about the degrees of persistence and boldness as we pray. To ask is less than seek, and to knock is more than seek. To ask is the simplest, to seek is the next level, and to knock is the most aggressive level. For example, uh, let's put it this way, if someone is looking for a job, so to speak, and they simply say, oh God, I pray for a job, give me a good one, I'm really asking for it, you know I need it, and then just kind of sits down and reads the paper, Um, that's one level, that's one level, and certain prayers that we pray, certain prayers, all they require is asking. And God supernaturally answers. All we require is asking. But let me tell you, there's other prayers that require the next level, and the next level is seeking. Asking simply means that we ask. Seeking means that we actually go find it. We're aggressively pursuing it. We get out and we start looking for it, asking that God's hand would help us and empower us, but we are aggressively pursuing it and seeking it. We're, we're on a search to find it. We are saying, I'm out there looking for something. And knocking means that as I'm looking for something, I'm hitting against a closed door and I say the answer to this is on the other side of that door. So I'm knocking saying, God, could you open this door because this door is shut and I can't open it on my own power, but Lord, you need to open it. And God has a supernatural ability to open it. Listen, some of us ask, but we don't seek. Some of us seek, but we don't knock. I believe that some prayer needs to go to all the levels of asking, seeking, and knocking. Are you with me this morning? Because this is huge. And what Jesus says, if you persist in this, if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be opened. Some of us have asked and we've given up and we just lay there and say, well, God's not doing anything. Oh, no, no, you need to press further. You need to begin to seek. Some of you seek and run into a closed door and you say, I don't know, I'm, I'm up against a closed door. Hey, have you ever heard of the door opener? It's God Almighty. He can open doors that no man can shut. Supernaturally, he can open doors. Doors to homes, doors to hearts, doors to businesses, doors to health, doors to finances. God is the door opener. He can open up doors that people think no one can open this door. This door is slammed shut. God says, oh no, when I'm in town, there is no door that I cannot open. And if I open the door, no man can close it. And if I close the door, no man can open it. I am the garter of the doors. The garter of the door." And if you know that there's something on the other side, you need to get in that door and you need to knock and you say, well, I did one time. No, you keep knocking. You keep knocking. I've seen it over and over in my life, over and over, things things that I had to go, pursue, I had to knock and see the hand of God supernaturally, miraculously open up doors that no one could close. And then lastly, he closes with this. Listen. So he tells us how to pray. Pray with boldness and persistence. Come before the throne room of God with a boldness that, that God has given you. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to press in. The, old, the saints of old used to call it praying through, praying through. And lastly, I close with this, verse 11. Now he tells us why to pray. Which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, you will give him a snake instead? If he asks you for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give his Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is why you need to pray. Listen to me. Look up at me this morning. Listen. You pray because God is good. Because God is good. Listen, and he loves to give gifts to his children. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, wouldn't it be weird if a, if a, if a six-year-old son came to his dad with big, big round eyes and he says, Dad, I'm kind of hungry. Will you give me a fish sandwich? He says, sure, son, just wait a second. Goes back, gets a snake, puts him in two pieces of bread and says, here, son, eat that we would say, what a sickle father is that? I mean, how could you do that? You, you can't do that. You need therapy. <laughs> or the son asks for an egg. He says, dad, you know, I'm kind of a hard-boiled egg would sound nice for breakfast. He says, wait a second, son. And he brings him a scorpion, says, hey, try that. No way. In other words, God doesn't try to give you bad gifts. God's not out trying to get you. Some of you have a distorted, warped, macabre view of God that does not line up with who God is. God is not out there trying to make life hard for you. God is not out there trying to give you bad gifts. God is not out there trying to punish you for what you did 10 years ago and saying, I'm going to get you for what you did. That is not how God operates. God is good. And he delights in giving good gifts to his children. Man, when birthdays or Christmas come around, I love to see my kids just rip into their presents. I want to be there when they open the gift. No, 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 I want to be there. You know why? I want to see their face. I want to see my 10-year-old son rip open a gift, and his eyes get real bright, and, and I want him to scream with delight and say, thank you. Thank you, Dad. I usually have to say, thank your mom. She's the one that bought it. <laughs> but I love to see the expression. Why? Because he's my son. That's why. Because I love him. That's Why? because I want to give them as many good gifts as I possibly can that's good for them. If he says, Dad, I really want a revolver, you know, I really want, no, 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 I know you want one, son, I know you like one, but I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> Why? Because I love them, because I love them. But whatever is good, and I can give them, I wanna give him as much good as I can because I'm his father and he's my son. And what Jesus is saying is you need to understand that God is good. You need to understand that God loves you. You need to understand that God is willing and wanting and able and desirous to give you good gifts if you call upon him, if you ask him, if you put yourself in a place where you can receive those good gifts, that's his heart. God is good. Remember that. You pray because God is listening, because He loves you, because He wants to hear. Amen.
0: The six P's of prayer position, priority, provision, people, protection, and praise. Boy, isn't it comforting? And frankly, just mind-blowing to know that you and I can approach the God of the universe as a good and loving Father. Boy, that's amazing. You've been listening to Moody Presents. And next week, we continue with a look at another of the seven churches in Revelation with real-life application taking us deeper spiritually. For Pastor Mark Job, I'm John Gager, and this is Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.